0: Good morning and welcome to another episode of Real World Talks with Lourdes, Natalie, and Kathy. Good morning, ladies. Good morning. Good morning. On today's episode, we have Jason Witte, who is the Regional Vice President of Operations of the Southeast for Southern Glaciers Wine and Spirits. Good morning, Jason.
1: Good morning, ladies, and uh, thank you guys for having me. I'm really excited to be here.
0: Thank you so much for joining us. Sure. So, for our listeners, tell them a little bit about yourself and what led you to become the Regional Vice President of Operations at Southern Glaciers Wine and Spirits.
1: That's a great question. So, thank you again for the opportunity. And uh, uh, like they said, my name is Jason Witte. I started with Southern Glaciers uh, almost 19 years ago in Albuquerque, New Mexico, which is my hometown where I'm from. I started there as the IT manager and uh, in the second smallest distribution company that Southern had at the time. And uh, after two years uh, learning, you know, about the business, the industry, I was offered an opportunity to be the IT director for the great state of Florida, which is our second largest, uh, you know, uh, state that uh, Southern had at the time. So in 2004, I moved the family and I to, to South Florida. And then uh, we, at that point, we started building this, this uh, large facility in Lakeland, Florida, in central Florida. And I spent a lot of my time uh, on the construction meetings and, and planning. And, and then that grew and morphed into more responsibilities. And in 2007, I was promoted to the director of operations. I got to retain the IT role. But then uh, I was also added the responsibility or given the responsibilities of customer service for the state, as well as uh, the delivery team or the logistics for uh, the state which was a, a challenge and, and uh, you know, again, a growth opportunity for me. In 2011, I was promoted to the director of operations or senior director of operations for the state of Florida. 2014, vice president of operations. And then finally in February of 2020, I got the, uh, the Southeast regional you know, responsibilities, which includes Kentucky, Ohio, and South Carolina, as well as Florida. So that's kind of the, the quick down and dirty on the career. Uh, I've, uh, I've been married uh, for 22 years. I've been with my wife for 26 years in total and, and have two adult children, uh, both uh, attending college as we speak. So that's a quick rundown.
2: Thank you, Jason, for the quick, but really great rundown of your career and also with your family. Um, you know, we have a lot of students really and truly that want to go into the beverage management field. And mm-hmm. specifically, they one of their top choices, and not because you're on here with us, is Southern Glazers, Wine and Spirit. So could you give them like your top three tips um to students and or alumni that want to go down a similar path as yours for in career?
1: Um, absolutely. I, I think, you know, Kathy, what what I would you know, advise is, is kind of not necessarily do the order I did it. I, uh, I jumped right into the workforce and uh, while I was still in high school, uh, I, you know, all my friends went off to college and, and I decided, you know, I just couldn't afford to do that. So I'm going to focus on, on going as far as I can without a, a formal education. And, uh, and my, my lesson there is definitely focus on that education early in your life, early in your career. It will make uh, things a lot simpler, or at least a lot more uh, uh, open, a lot more doors a little earlier for you. I think uh, if you focus on your education earlier. The other, uh, the number two thing, or the second thing I would say is, don't be afraid to apply uh, for those stretch roles, those those things that you're not sure if you're qualified for just yet, or you're not sure if you're ready just yet. But sometimes I encourage you to apply before you're ready because the only way you know is 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 by actually going through that process. And, and that that feeling of stretch or that growth from trying to do more than you're currently capable of, because there's so much learnings that happen uh, if, uh, worst case scenario, you get that role that you applied for that you didn't think you were ready for. And then the other thing I've, I've seen, and I, and I also try to tell you know people that, that ask me that want to grow their careers, you have to really be open to relocation a lot of the time. Um, I've had the opportunity of relocating and growing with the company, but I've also missed out on some opportunities, I believe, because I didn't relocate or I wasn't at a point in my, my life where I could relocate. So those are three things that really will help, at least helped me uh, in, uh, in my career growth and, and, the, and the path that I've been on so far.
3: Awesome, thank you for sharing those tips and advice. Um, you said you started in the career field early on in life in high school. So what advice would you give your younger students your younger self at the start of your career and also I know you said that you wanted students to focus on education early in their career. What was the best career advice you've received from someone as well?
1: Well let's start with the best career advice I ever received from someone. I was uh, working as a, a job in uh, in Kansas and um, uh, it was I was managing a small family business and one of the customers who c- came in frequently, sat me down. He was a, he was a Colonel in the military, Mr. Mark Nicholson. And he, he looked at me in the eye and he goes, what are you doing here? What are you doing? And he really made me focus on what am I doing here? Because clearly this wasn't a growth thing. This was not going to be something that, that I would be able to use all of my abilities that he clearly saw in me in just a, in a short amount of time. So I thought that was really, really kind of cool advice uh, uh, to receive at a very, very young age. Um, something else I would give my younger self to answer your first question was go ahead and complete that college education right out of high school. Um, my mindset was, you know, all my friends were going off to college and I was going to try to be competitive and and show them that I was just as good as someone with a, a formal education. And at some point in my career, you if you look at the resume, it would almost uh, be hard to believe that with the experience and, and the opportunities I've had that I had that without a formal education. So Mm-hmm. it almost went from a highly motivated thing early on to almost a liability not having it later in my career. So, wow. you know, wanting to be supportive of my family, want to make sure that, you know, if God forbid something happened with Southern and I had to leave, I would have to start over without that formal education. So uh, about six, seven years ago, I started chipping away at nights and weekend on my undergrad. And, and I, uh, I actually graduated last year wow. in 2019 with my undergrad degree. So that was kind of brings it full circle for you
3: awesome congratulations jason
1: thank you very much
0: yes definitely congratulations that is a major accomplishment um so jason um who would you say are the two people who have been the most influential to you and how have they influenced
1: you that's a that's a really great question and i think it's really hard to narrow down you know the obvious ones are really easy. I'll I'll start with the obvious ones. My parents very clearly uh, gave me a very strong work ethic uh, and a really, really big sense of independence that, you know, I I moved out of, uh, I moved out of the house my senior year in high school at 17 because I, uh, I found two roommates and I just thought that was what I wanted to do. And I, and I had the support to do that. Um, I'd say the other person that was really, really uh, a big influence to me and still is, is my wife. Uh, She's always been, this compass of what's the right thing to do if i'm faced with a big you know tough business decision you know it's really really great to be able to talk it out with her and she's got this this really good moral compass that just helps keep you know driving ultimately what's right so those would be the biggest two influence i have to say that there's you know people that influence you every day i have uh, i have mentors that they don't even know are are my mentors because i just kind of see what they do and I observe, and, and every day in the workforce and this team that I'm a part of, there's huge people that influence me and, and, and help grow my mindset and, and my overall uh, leadership skills. So that's probably slightly more than two, but uh, it's hard to just narrow it down to two.
3: <laughs> Thank you for sharing. So, yeah. in line with your profession and what you've seen in the industry, what are the biggest trends that's transforming the beverage industry?
1: Well, there's, there's, there's several ones, uh, and we'll, we'll talk about some positive ones real quick. Uh, canned wines and spirits are a really big trend right now. There's a lot of focus on, on four-pack and six-pack cans. Uh, it seems to be a convenience thing. It's right at the right price point for the consumer. I think it's hitting uh, a generation that is very interested in, in, in that type of product, and that's one of the things. I think, obviously, CBD and hemp Based products is another transformative thing that's happening, and, and the company I work with, Southern, is really, really focused on how to, uh, you know, take advantage of that where, where we can across the country. And even just this week launching uh, those products on our e-commerce, you know, proof website to where our customers can see that and we can market uh, market those items even directly that way. And we're also seeing a trend with low, uh, low proof spirits and, and even no alcohol spirits. So those are some of the quick things that are coming along. One of the biggest challenges, I think, in this industry right now is clearly COVID. Uh, it's really, I mean, just massively impacted our, uh, our on-premise business, our, our customers you know, with these fine restaurants, their, their wait staff, their, 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 their kitchen staff. All that hospitality aspect uh, has been impacted by COVID. And it's really transformed the footprint, the way you know companies and suppliers and uh, distributors go to market and where the demand is uh, and, and how to meet that demand. But um, my hope is that uh, we have a recovery. I hope it's a full recovery. I just read this morning that there's thousands and thousands of restaurants that are expected to either close or have closed that won't reopen again due to COVID. And that's just so unfortunate to hear.
2: Thank you for sharing with us that, Jason. Um, I know that you mentioned definitely, you know, COVID and how that really has impacted, you know, our industry, food and beverage and, and so forth like that. And, you know, we talk about that this year has been a tough year. You know, we, I think everyone's kind of waiting to see if 2021 will bring around some yeah. new fresh and, and, and luck. And um, besides the pandemic, you know, it's also been a tough year, a lot with some of the um, things that we've seen in the news with social injustice, you know, with George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, um, and recently, you know, we've seen a lot of companies really pushing, trying to make sure that they're showing diversity and inclusion. And even your company had an amazing um, panel um, that really discussed diversity and inclusion um, within your um, brand and with our students also participating. So what are your thoughts on representation and also this current moving movement, pardon me, of having diversity, inclusion, and, and equality initiatives within companies?
1: Well, in companies in general, I think there's there's several industries that uh, it's been long overdue. Quite honestly, uh, I am so thankful to see how our company has tackled that, uh, and and I felt like in our industry specifically, we were some of the uh, the uh, groundbreaking leaders in that. We have a, a dedicated department to diversity and inclusive um, and equity. We um, really focus uh, with with colleges. You know, we even support the Third Good Marshall College Fund. To try to do this. But I think ultimately, in my opinion, if you don't have diverse thought and you don't have diverse experiences and cultural backgrounds, you uh, as a leader or your company or your team is never going to grow and be the best it can be without that. And uh, I'm gonna brag on our Florida operations team a little bit here because I believe we have one of the most diverse leadership groups in the country. Um, and we have a female director of distribution. Um, same, uh, another, you know, phenomenal uh, leader on our uh, delivery team. She managed 180 drivers, which are mostly male dominated uh, you know positions historically. But now that we've started this focus, it's amazing how you can attract more diverse applicants. And that's really the challenge. I think that was really uh, something that was challenging to overcome. And some companies are still quite honestly poor at it uh, and, and, and other industries are very poor at it. You you need to find a way to attract those applicants because otherwise you're just going to keep hiring the same, you know, group of people uh, unless you find a way to let, you know, that diverse culture and the diverse, you know, thinkers out there, you know, um, you know, that you're available and that you are looking for them. And, uh, and then, and, you know, we want those qualified individuals. So. Um, I'm just, it's something we take great pride in uh, at at Southern, especially on the Florida Ops team. Uh, We continue to uh, try to break new grounds and and break stigmas and, and, and show that, you know, what 30 years ago was a male dominated, you know, environment. is not the case anymore. The landscape's changing and, and, and embracing it and being comfortable with it. So it's probably more information than you wanted to know, but that's, that's where we're at.
0: No, that's perfect. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, so Jason, can you share a challenge that you faced in your career and how you overcame those challenges?
1: Yeah, I, um, there's, I think there's different degrees of challenges and and there's daily challenges. Um, in the last, uh, you know, 18 months, uh, the facility that I'm based out of was hit by a tornado. And, you know, the only building in Southern's history that has, has sustained that kind of damage Um, we had challenges with COVID, keeping our workforce healthy, but one of the biggest challenges I think that I really spent a lot of time concerned about and and trying to figure out a way through is in 2014, our our distribution center in in central Florida was going to take on a major expansion and it was going to take over delivering the entire state of Florida because prior to that, we had several other DCs in the state, but now this is going to be one facility and it's now the largest, uh, Uh, distribution center on the planet but at that time in 2014 these leadership you know positions that I had and some of the skills that were in those positions and, and the people quite honestly didn't have the ability to get to the next level they they did everything right in my opinion but I knew kind of that 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 cliche that what got us here wasn't going to get us to that next level so, uh, I met uh, with uh, our senior director, uh, and we really kind of kind of labored through knowing that the people we had or some of the leaders that we had weren't the right skill set and, and really didn't show the ability to grow that skill set uh, for the new way that we needed to uh, to support the state of Florida so as luck would have it i I, I had to take a trip to Uh, north carolina and uh, i don't know if you guys know joe gibbs but he's a a a super bowl winning nfl coach and he's also a championship race car owning team uh team owner Mm -hmm. and uh we had the opportunity to sit and chat with him and and he's talking about how the team is 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 like family and they they go through walls for you and and those things and and i and i had to ask him a question i said coach what happens when you know that there's someone on the team that's just not getting it done though, and that you have to make a change, but this is someone that you've worked so closely with and it's and, you know there's some emotion to that. And he thought about it, and he said that was the toughest thing for him as well, but then it dawned on him that if he knew that there was someone on the team that was hurting the team and he didn't do anything about it, then he was the one that was hurting the team. And uh, And I took that and I realized that ultimately this is my responsibility to try to shape this for the betterment of the team, for the betterment of the company. And, uh, and it was really, it was really turned out to be, you know, while it was a very, very big, challenging decision, um, it was the right decision because it really helped our culture, it helped our company. And in uh, this facility, I don't know if you guys are aware, ships uh, 27 million cases annually, just in the state of Florida. And we do some fun stats, like if you stack them all on top of each other, that would be taller than 85,000 Statues of Liberties. Or if you, uh, if you tried to, you know, do all the miles that we've driven in the state of Florida, because our delivery team delivers, you know, probably covers 24,000 miles a day out of this facility, which is like one time around the planet. But when you total all that up for a year, that's like 28 trips to the moon and back. So it's, it's, it's a just, it's an amazing facility, an amazing team, but that was the most, challenging or at least gut-wrenching, you know, gut check that I had to do was knowing that I was going to have to change some personnel that that uh, wasn't going to set us up for the future so and it's never easy to do that and it's never uh, there's never a, a, a rubber stamp on oh here we go this is what we're going to do. It's, it's a lot of thought that goes into it so I hope that, that answers your question.
3: It does and I certainly agree. I'm glad you shared this challenge to show that, um, to show to our audience that if you stumble or if you struggle with certain things that you can, can always overcome it and to think about the betterment of the team um, uh-huh. to move forward, so yes. So Jason, um, my question is if you were a brand, what would be your model? And if you can't think of a model for yourself, is there like a certain quote or a model that, that you admire or inspires you?
1: So Natalie, there's two quotes that really, really uh, inspire me and, and I'm I'm sure my team is tired of me saying them, but uh, I'll say them. <laughs> but one of them is uh, the harder you work, the luckier you get. And I believe that was uh golden mayor. He was uh, the, the head of MGM at one point. But my favorite one that I even have on my wall uh, here in my office that I look at every day is smooth seas do not make skillful sailors. And that's an African proverb. and And it really speaks to me to the fact that any person can operate a boat when the seas are smooth. It doesn't require very much skill set, maybe a little navigation. But when you have stormy seas, rough, rough waves, uh, mechanical issues on that boat, that's when you really start learning how to navigate. That's really when you start learning this extra skill set that makes you special or different than someone who can just handle the, the, the boat when the water's smooth. So you know that smooth seas do not make skillful sailors applies to this operations team that I get to be a part of because they've they've been through a, a tornado. We get hurricanes through Florida all the time, and that skill set that they develop for reacting to those crises and emergencies, when things like COVID does come along, and we need to keep our uh, 700 plus operational employees working and healthy, it's not. As big of a crisis as it would have been if they hadn't had that other skill set. So, that uh, that's my favorite one for sure. Smooth seas do not make skillful sailors.
0: I love that. I'm going to start using that. Sorry, yeah. Jason.
1: <laughs> I didn't come up with it. So
0: <laughs> it's great. So thank you for sharing. Sure. Um, with the holidays coming around um, and New Year's, what would you say is your Beverage or spirit of choice to celebrate, and what is your New Year's resolution?
1: All right, so it's 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 so hard, especially in the in the wine and spirits industry, to pick one brand. But those who know me know me very well, and they know that Crown Royal and Coke is the way I would start the night. I would transition, you know, sometimes to a Tito's and cranberry. Um, you know, as the as the midnight hour got closer, and of course. Who doesn't uh, have a glass of champagne uh, to celebrate uh, the you know welcoming you know 2021? So that uh, that's my plan for New Year's. I will be at home for that entire uh, process. I think you'll find that people in our industry do not go out much, uh, you know, especially in COVID. You know, for this uh, for this New Year's, so where there's a lot of planning at home parties that uh, I think are, are are coming around. And my New Year's resolution is really to seek more contentment. Um, everyone talks about, Oh, I, I want to be happy. And, and in my mind, happy is like a moment. I'm happy about that situation. or I'm happy we accomplished that, but contentment is happiness over a longer period of time. So that's, that's what I'm going to strive for in 2021.
2: Thank you so much for that, Jason. I love it. Um, when you said a crown and Coke, I was like, that's, I'm a crown and ginger ale type girl. So yeah. I like the way you started and end with champagne. Yep. Um, now, This last question I was telling Natalie, I'm like, I love this question because I've been asked this before and it was like kind of tough. If you met a genie who offered you three wishes, what would you wish for?
1: And see, I mean, I think there's always going to be a couple ones that you just can't be selfish about. You have to first and foremost, solve all the environmental challenges that we have on this planet. Um, I think that would be an amazing thing to not have to worry about. Our, our, limited resources and 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 the environment if we could solve those number one that would be my my first one number two got to solve world hunger right i know that sounds cliche but that would be the very second thing that if i had a genie that would do that that would be the easy easy ask and the third one i'm sure no one's ever said before so uh you know i would have i would ask to have the ability to be the world's best drummer on the planet i absolutely love percussion i love the drumming um, you know, the beat of it, it sets a tempo. I think there's so many things that, that cross over between the percussion of drums and, and leadership. I mean, if you think about the, the beat of a song, it's setting the tempo for the rest of the band. And that's, that translates to, in my mind, setting that tempo or that pace for the team. And we have a great leader here uh, named Felix Williams. And I'm, I'm not sure if you guys have heard of him, but if not, you should look him up. Uh, he, uh he's very respected, and he always says the pace of the leader sets the pace for the team. And uh, and that percussion and that drumming aspect, I really, really see that. I, I play the drums all the time. It's a hobby of mine. I always tell people if I was any good at it, I'd be getting paid to play, but uh, haven't uh, haven't had a paying gig yet. So that would be my third wish.
0: <laughs> I love that. Now, I know that this wasn't on the agenda, but I'm a huge music lover, my husband and I. So being that your passion is drumming, um, who would you say is your favorite band and
1: why? Ooh, favorite band has, has evolved over the years, but the one that I've, I've seen the most is, uh, is Metallica. I've seen them 11 times. Um, I just, I believe that they have spoken to multiple generations and, and, um, and to be relevant in, in, in that style of music for that long is really impressive to me, and uh, even more so, you know, my sons have have seen Kanye West and and Drake at Madison Square Gardens, and and one year I took them to a Metallica concert, and and they were both they grew up with it in the house, but they, they weren't really fans of it, but at the end of it, they were both like, "It's the best concert they've ever seen" because they're just so energetic and so much uh, so much uh, energy and and um, just so good live. So. Metallica is probably my favorite. My favorite drummer is Neil Peart from Rush. Uh, just an amazing musician. He wrote a lot of the songs. Um, if, you, if you haven't heard Rush, you should definitely check them out. Um, but Carter Buford from Dave Matthews Band is an amazing drummer. Um, there's just so many. Shannon Larkin from God's Mad. I could go on ladies all day, so I will stop there.
0: No, that's, it's great. I love hearing about this. You know, I, I love Metallica too. My husband and I, um, I've never seen them before personally, but they're on my kind of bucket list. Yep. Um, but you have great taste in music. <laughs> um, I love it. Um, I've actually seen you two live here at the Hard Rock Stadium. I a thousand. Yeah, they, I was literally within feet of a uh, Bono. I was on the floor. Yeah. So um, <laughs> great so
1: music cool. taste. <laughs> yep. Love
0: it. Well, thank you so much Jason. That concludes sure. um our podcast for today. Okay. Um we appreciate the time that you took to speak with us. You answered some great and fabulous questions for our listeners and for us too. Excellent. Thank you. Of course. And for our listeners, tune in next week for another episode. Thank you again, Jason. We appreciate it.
1: Natalie lotus Kathy, thank you so much. Appreciate the time and uh and take care. Have a great rest of your week.
0: You too. Thank you. you. Bye.
1: Bye Bye-bye.